The Minister of Police, Stuart Nash, has just announced the rollout of a crime prevention initiative for small businesses. The Fog Cannon Scheme is designed for business owners at small commercial premises who face a high risk of aggravated robbery. Uh, Mr Nash joins me from a small business, the Cedar Park Superette in Wattle Downs, which has had a Fog Cannon installed. Minister, good morning to you. Good morning, Kerry. How are you? Good, thank you. I assume you're approving the rollout because these work. These work very, very well. In fact, that's been proven by an independent assessment undertaken by police, but we don't need that sort of assessment to tell us. I mean, these have been set off 29 times by uh, by workers and dairies and superettes, and uh, every single time, without exception, the alleged robber, burglar, uh, has hightailed it out of there. Not one person's been injured and very, very minimal um, stock damage to work. Do the uh, business owners have to come up with some of the money themselves or is this fully funded by the government? No, so these cost about $4,000 each and uh, when the previous government put them in, they required dairy owners to pay half the cost, or about $2,000. Yeah. I think about two dairy owners have taken up the initiative, but, but I said it was unacceptable. Uh, these were important, they're needed. Um, so I said, OK, we'll ask dairy owners to pay $250 as opposed to $2,000. And so all they pay now is $250 to get them installed. What about people who perhaps live in um, areas where there is a lot of neighbourhood crime? Can they say, well, what about me? Why do these taxpayers get uh, taxpayer-funded security? I'm a taxpayer. Why don't I get taxpayer-funded security? You're talking about someone in a, in a business? or a, a I'm just talking about an individual perhaps who's worried about, especially the elderly, who worry about getting sure, their homes sure. broken into. It costs a lot of yeah. money to have a monitored alarm. It does. Well, one of the things I would say is, uh, you know, we have put 2,000 more police into neighbourhoods around the country. Uh, a lot of those have gone into Auckland, um, but they've gone up and down the country. So this is just one of many initiatives we are putting in place in order to keep our communities safe. And what, we, uh, you know, what we're finding is it's working. Um, let me give you one example, which isn't related to this, but overall we found that um, meth usage has dropped by about 17%, and... Uh, the amount of mess that the police are confiscating is, um, is up to about 1.6 tonnes. So, you know, the, the initiatives we're putting in place are making a difference. You know, this is never going to be solved overnight, Kerry. You know, we're no. not going to get rid of gangs overnight. We're not going to get rid of meth, nor are we going to get rid of people who want to rob dairies. But we've started on a process that is beginning to make a real difference. Still a lot of work to do, though. There is, especially when you look at the number of... Uh Firearms incidents in South Auckland, especially uh, over the mm. last few weeks, that that sounds like you know gang warfare ramping up over over patches where you can sell drugs. It is, and you know this has um, really been brought to a head by these five hundred one uh, yeah. deportees. So these are the really bad guys who are being deported from Australia to New Zealand. And what we do know is they have brought a level of professionalism and networks and and violence our gang scene that we've never seen before. So, uh, you know, our ethnic gangs, your, your mongrel mob and your black power and your crips, they are, um, they're patching up. Uh, and again, there is a bit of a, um, a gang warfare going on, but as, as Jared Gilbert has said, he's a criminologist down yes. at the University of Canterbury and acknowledged yeah. as an expert on gangs, he said, by and large, the police do a fantastic job of policing, but what we do need is an all-of-government, uh, all-of-community, actually, approach to dealing with this situation. And it's why the uh, organised crime programme that police lead uh, has a lot of different ministries in that. So we know, we know we can't arrest our way out of this, 
but we know that we do have solutions and they don't all work for police, but police is obviously a very important part of the solution. Yeah, and to get back to the, sorry, we did go off track there, but to get back to the fog <laughs> cannon and the small businesses, yep. um, do does every business that want that wants a cannon have one? Not necessarily, but um, by that I mean if a business feels that they need one, they get in touch with the, the police. Yep. Police will come in and assess the business, and if they believe that there is a um, a case, then they will ensure that a fog cannon is installed. But what the police will also do is work with the dairy owner to say, okay, there's a better way you can, um, you know, you can lay out your store to uh, to ensure or to mitigate the risk yep. of being robbed. So there's a whole lot of different services that police do provide, but if police do think a fog cannon is justified, then they will certainly ensure that one's installed. And we've rolled out about a 523 already, got funding for another 470. So once the program is up and running, that will you know complete, I should say, mm-hmm. we're looking at uh, nearly a thousand fog cannons up and down the country. Which has got to help, but as you say, it's stopping the kids from from robbing the places in the first place. Did you say meth usage was down seventeen percent? Yes, meth usage is down. According, what what happens is police have this wastewater testing, yeah, where they test the wastewater of nearly right. every territorial authority in the country, and so we know what's going on in terms of drug use. Meth use is down. The other thing I would say, Kerry, is to what do you attribute that shortage of meth or? No, I don't actually. Well, I, I attribute it to the work that police is doing. And the reason I say that is, you know, they, last year they confiscated about 1.6 tonnes of meth. Now, if police didn't get their hands on that, then that's a hell of a lot of meth into our communities. Mm. So because we are going hard on that, um, you know, it, it, it's not out there causing harm. And keeping in mind, it isn't just the gangs. You know, there was, a, there was an incident about three weeks ago where the police arrested 10 people who they believe have smuggled in about a ton of drugs to this country over the last three years. No gang members. So it's not, you know, the gang members may be the public face of, of misery and crime in our communities, but they're certainly not the only ones involved in organised crime. Do you think the message is getting through that if you take meth, you're on a one-way street to, you know, basically the road to perdition, but we had a, three hours of, of former uh, meth users just saying, don't do it, don't do it, telling their stories. Yeah. The, the message is slowly getting across, but ever so slowly. One thing we do need to do, which which the government recognises, is really beef up our mental health and addiction services because you know they have been woefully run down. It's the reason why $1.9 billion was in last year's budget to get these up and running. But Kerry, if it was just about money, it would be a lot easier. We, we need to train people um, with the competencies to actually handle people who are addicted. You know, there's no point in grabbing an addict or when an addict calls and says, I want to get off this stuff, and saying, hey, look, if you come back in four weeks, we can yeah. put you into a program. You've, mm. We've got to be ready and have that social infrastructure in place where you can take these people straight away and put them into a program. But police did a whole lot of research with, with addicts down in, um, in Wellington, and every single one of these people without fail said they wanted to get off the drugs. Now, it was a mixture of meth and synthetics, but you know they knew that this was ruining their lives and their relationships and... Um, and did absolutely no good, but we just need to get those mental health and addiction mm. services up and running as well. And after nine years of neglect, there's a lot of work to do. You were doing so well till you put in that last jibe. All right, thank you very <laughs> much. It was very, sorry, it was very wide-ranging. I give myself about a five out of ten for that interview. But I just thought, while we've got the Minister of Police, we'll grab him. Thank you very much for your time. That is uh, Police Minister Stuart Nash.